what does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go Beyond the Scripts. Hey, welcome back to Beyond the Scripts. I'm your host, Will Tuft with Pioneer Rx. And as always, today we have a special guest. Today, our guest is someone you may not be familiar with. Oftentimes, we have some familiar faces. I do think Adam Robinson may be a familiar face, though. Uh, you've probably seen him at trade shows. I know uh, I've seen Adam out on the road for years, and you may have seen him recently Uh referred to as the Workflow Whisperer by Dr. Lisa Fast or Dr. Profit by Todd Yeri or uh, self-proclaimed in the moniker that I can relate to most as Weird Guy. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome to it, uh, Adam. Thanks for joining us, man. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. For sure, for sure. So, um, you know, we, we always talk about uh, a lot of the same topics. And, and what's interesting is that um, – you know, you you think you cover it all uh, on on any any conversation you have. You can you can talk about that enhanced service. You can talk about workflow. You can talk about you know um, efficiencies, and uh, and every time you talk to somebody new, you know you you find a new angle, a, a new facet of that gym to to explore. And I remember being an installer for years. I traveled and I would visit these different pharmacies. And I remember saying, yeah, you know, I, I see that difference. A couple more of these and I'll have it all figured out. And right. 10 years later, it's uh, still still amazes me. It's a constant, constant battle to figure. I mean, just the, the most minute basic things you're like, I had no idea we could do it that way. So, yeah, it's it's something new all the time. Yeah. So um, one of the things that you've definitely focused on is workflow. And I think that is something that. Um, every pharmacy is going to deal with every day. Uh, some of them are going to deal with that very intentionally. Uh, and sometimes there, there are definitely, um, pharmacies out there that fall into that mindset of, you know, that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. And that's how we were. That's, that it was just, that was just how pharmacy was. And, um, you know, personally here at our stores that we have we got to a spot where that's the way we've always done it just didn't do it anymore um yeah and it, it was disheartening because i've just hung my hat kind of like you guys on pharmacy forever and that's that's my baby that's what i enjoy that's what i love and when it wasn't fun anymore wasn't exciting um and it was um it was defeating a little bit um uh, that that just that was a that was a day that I can remember, and and I don't ever want to go back to that spot again. Um, and so I just, me and my partners and and our staff, we really just put our heads down and and really worked on changing our workflows, things that we had control of. Yeah, that from the day to day, that made our day to day better. Um, and that's that's really what we focused on. So before you get into the specifics there, uh, let, let's kind of talk about the road to that point. So um, what pharmacy is this at? Were you at your current pharmacy? Where were you at before that? Yeah, so I was, uh, I was very fortunate that when I got out of pharmacy school, I already had a gig ready to go. Uh, my best friend, his father, uh, were part owners in a pharmacy and they asked me to come take over an independent pharmacy in our small town. Uh, we're about 45 minutes west of Louisville in Kentucky, um, very rural. And uh, that was just kind of my, I knew that's what I always wanted to do was just run an independent pharmacy. So they kind of threw me to the wolves and, and on day one, <laughs> here, there's your store, go for it. And uh, which has been a blessing. Um, and we were very busy. Uh, we were constantly pushing the envelope at our stores. Um, and so the one that I was, I'm mostly over, um, just continue to grow, continue to grow, continue to grow. And we eventually moved out of a little strip mall, built our own freestanding building. Um, 
and uh, from that point, it, it exploded. And uh, what we were doing, our, um, you know, I talked to so many pharmacists. Everybody knows who you are in the in the community because that's just what we do, right? We help everybody. Sure. And uh, everybody knew who we were, but they were starting to get a little angry with us on our workflow. Uh, things weren't hanging up where they were supposed to be, and uh, we weren't fast. We weren't efficient. Um, so yeah, so I've I've been at the same pharmacy since two thousand seven. Um, and, uh, just th this is what I do. I love it. I absolutely love it. And that's the, uh, save right there in yeah. Bradenburg. Yeah. Gotcha. Brandenburg. Brandenburg, Brandenburg, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and, and now our town is exploding. We're, we're getting some factories in here. And, uh, so that's a little bit of a change. We're trying to figure that piece out, which is a whole nother ball game. Uh, but yeah, very small town in Kentucky, very rural, but, um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So what do you think your script count was, uh, back in those days? Like when you kind of, kind of before you hit that breaking point. Right. So I'm a data nerd and I have all that on an Excel sheet from like 2007. Right. Um, so we watch trends and, um, man, let's see right now we are doing, we broke 13,000 a month. Um, last month or the month before and back then we were maybe doing five six uh, a month um, and then our breaking point we were probably at that eight or nine yeah um, and um, it, it was a it was it was tough and we we had a good sync program in place we had all the things that you're supposed to have but we were just doing it the way that we've always done it and that just didn't work anymore so yeah. So, so how, how was workflow set up then? Because I think a lot of pharmacies are going to relate to this where, you know, when you're doing 50 scripts a day, you can have a technician and a pharmacist and technician can hit the point of sale and, uh, you know, and, and fill and pharmacist can fill and, and verify and talk to the patients. You can, you can do it too, man. When you get to, you know, a hundred or 200, you know, do you need a, a point of sale clerk first or do you need a second tech? And and then are you overstaffed? And and so it really becomes hard to know where you're at. Yeah, what you're supposed to be doing. If you're and really if you're not watching your numbers, it can get overwhelming and, and uh, you're in the whirlwind, they call it. So um let's see. So traditional pharmacy, the way we were set up and the stores that I've gone into, this is the way that the majority of them are. You know, you have that drop-off uh, area that that's probably your most uh, educated technician is standing there. Maybe even your pharmacist. I've been into quite a few stores that way, and they're processing. Uh, they're doing the processing, phone answering, all that good stuff, and they're fixing all the problems. And then from there, once it prints out immediately, usually they print them out, and everybody's kind of on the basket trend. So they put it in a basket and ship it down. And, he, and at that point, they have another technician uh, or the pharmacist who actually counts it, or or automation, um, and then from there, all on the same counter. Usually, it goes down to the pharmacist. They check it, and then somebody will either have to stop what they're doing, or they might have a high school student or um, a customer service clerk that takes it from there and hangs it up, um, and then waits on the customers. So that's yeah. that's the very traditional way that we've seen it across the board for ages. Right. And yeah. that's the way we were. We actually built this store, designed this store five years ago, maybe six years ago around that workflow. Were you doing uh, like single color baskets or did you have priority based colored baskets? Priority yeah. based, you know, like green was here or white was here. I don't even know what we what we had at the time. But, you know, this was delivery. This was a waiter. We weren't using our software system uh, the way that we should have that actually prioritized that stuff for us. Um, so, yeah, we, we designed this whole thing around that workflow. Hmm. And quickly yep. we learned that that just that just <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, and I, I've said it a lot at a lot of the places I've spoke to. Like th there's a study that's out there 
Um, and I, and I keep saying Chicago, I, I need to pull it up and, and post it, but I, I'm pretty sure it was in Chicago. They actually did a study on pharmacies at what point, uh, is it not good for pharmacists to check over a certain amount of scripts? Um, and that even goes down to your technicians, right? And so they, they come up with all this stuff and they found error rates at 300 a day and below, uh, pharmacists and technicians did really well, like old school, traditional way of doing things uh, was fine. At that 300 mark, um, that's when everything really starts going crazy. And so when, um, and I know we're going to get into it, but when I got into my workflow, that was a big statistic that I found that I based a lot of my stuff around. Uh, but, and I think that's really where our tipping point was. We were historically doing 300 or a little bit more, getting up to that 400. Some days, you know, you have after holidays, but um, those when we had those days consistently, it was just it was chaos. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have three hundred independent prescriptions that are, you know, not moving through as a, as part of a sync cycle. Yeah, um, yeah, and even a in lot. a sync cycle, I mean, you're process you process a lot in a sync, depending on how you have it set up. Um, you know, a lot are coming through, even if they're refills, and it can be it can be overwhelming if you don't have a good system in place. Yeah. So what were, what were some of the initial changes that you made that, that you saw, wait a minute, you know, here's a bottleneck. First off, how'd you identify here's a bottleneck? And then what were some of the first tweaks? So my story here at the store goes, we tweaked everything at the same time. So I'm, <laughs> so that goes back to that, that I'm that weird guy, right? I don't fall into any category. Um, but no, there were there were a few things here and there. I mean, one of the very first things we did is we were a paper-based sync program, and we realized with Pioneer, you know, we are not utilizing this program, and so we went completely um, sync all the way through Pioneer. No paper, no trails, no nothing. So that was the first big one. So we transitioned that, and then the way that I did it is um, I went out, I talked to friends of mine at Pioneer shows, at other trade shows that I knew were just just killing it. They were great pharmacists, had great um, uh, stores. And I would ask them, what are they doing? What do they like? What do they wish they can change? Um, and then I would actually go to some of their stores. I would go to random independent pharmacies around here. I would just walk in. You know, I'm in town. Oh, there's an independent. Let me stop in there for 10 minutes. And I would just stare at them and see what they were doing. <laughs> um so that's always been a funny story. Everybody laughs because I'm just staring at these pharmacists and and the techs and they're like, what is this guy doing? And eventually they would ask and I'd say, I'm just, I own a store. I'm watching your workflow. I'm seeing what you guys are doing good. And they kind of, they kind of enjoyed that. And we'd start talking back and forth. So I started picking up little pieces here and there that what everybody was doing. Um, and I sit down and I, I, over a time period, I compiled it all together with data. Um, and we started putting a lot of data, numbers, who's doing this, why are we doing this? Uh, so it was a process, a um, little bitty, that was probably the biggest tweak that we did before we actually just flipped the switch. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the way to do it, um, but that's just how we how we were rolling that day. So, Yeah, it is neat. Um, you know, over the years as an installer, you know, going into so many pharmacies, um, there, there can be such a different vibe in, in the pharmacy based on their workflow. You know, I've been to pharmacies that were just very um, kind of, you know, just seemed like a very easygoing, linear workflow, uh, you know, from one side of the room to the other. And then I've been to pharmacies that kind of had an island that, you know, different color baskets would, would assemble and then web. And, and it was uh, everybody's like bumping into each other and moving around and it's chaos. But it, you know, it's uh, it looked like an I Love Lucy episode. <laughs> there was a friend of mine in Tennessee. He had one that was a big island in the middle, and they just did a circle around the island. Everything yeah. was a circle around the island, and uh, it worked for them. Um, but eventually, it, you could tell that we're, there was frustration. It just wasn't a really good workflow overall. So, yeah, um, you know, I remember years ago before we had the print queue available. Um, just how much time you would see people spend sorting through uh, patient education and labels and, and reassembling one patient's orders while you have four people sending in labels and everything else. So We, we were talking um, yesterday 
Um, it wasn't that long ago. We would print the label out and set it down, and then the tech would go get the bottle and fill it and set it on the label, and the pharmacist would check. You know, everything was on the island or wherever it was, and you would just check it then versus in Pioneer or in whatever system they had. And it seems, in my mind, it seems forever ago. And it really wasn't that long ago that we were just doing these very mundane, old school ways of pharmacy. Um, I couldn't imagine going back to that stuff. So, yeah. So, so you guys were doing paper sink, um, multicolor baskets, passing them down, vi- visual check, or um, we started check visual check, system. and then we started a check within system. So we've had that for a little while. But the check within system, we were with an older software system. It wasn't that great. There wasn't a lot you could do. You could see the script and you could see the bottle and that was about it. Um, uh, And then we started really utilizing what Pioneer had for us inside of that check station. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those um, steps where if you're so used to doing it one way, you're like, wait a minute, you want me to do an additional step within the software? It's more work and it's like, there's so much information right there. I can't imagine just deciding that none of that is is relevant. You know, it's it's such an amazing tool. Yeah. Uh, one of the big ones that we always, when I go in and I talk to other pharmacies, is what are you doing that you don't have to do, right? And what is the technician doing? What is the pharmacist doing? What does your state law say you don't have to do? So one of the big ones was e-scripts. In Kentucky, we don't have to print out the e-script. Everything is electronic, so they are okay with that. And when I said, hey, guys, no more printing of e-scripts, it was like, you know. You could just hear the record scratch. <laughs> they, were, they were ready to walk out the door. They just couldn't understand. Even my pharmacist, they're like, I just I don't feel comfortable. I'm not holding paper. And I'm like, it's the, it's right there. Um, and a lot of the stores that I've been to, that's a big one that everybody's printing e-scripts and that's a waste in paper, um, waste in time. And well, I have to fold it up. I have to rip it. I have to do this. And, um, so finding those pieces that you don't have to do that you've always done and you have to be okay with saying, we don't have to do that anymore. That was a huge piece of workflow. I mean, it gets rid of all kinds of things that you don't have to do that pioneer can do for you. So, yeah. So what, what about the other written prescriptions you still have to file everything else the same you just don't have to have the paper file for e-scripts yep nice. yeah so that uh we we actually put that we our processing is in the back it's kind of hidden away from everybody they get the script they run it through and we don't get as many anymore uh, a handful a day maybe uh, but they actually process it scan it and then they just file it away and because they're filing away it's always in order so we don't have to put them in order anymore um, and then we just follow the patient. We don't follow the script anymore. And so when it comes down through, they print it. It comes to us. It pops right up. We can read everything, zoom in, notate it. In Kentucky, they allow us, if we notate on the image, that counts as um, writing on the script. So, yeah, it just it just follows it all the way down through the system. Nice. So you switched over to the electronic uh, MedSync in the system. Uh, taking advantage of what workflow steps did you uh, turn on? So you said verification, uh, but c- kind of walk me down kind of kind of stage one of your uh, changes. Yeah, so <clears throat> everything is in the system. That was our big piece. We did not want our technicians uh, running around. I wanted you to just do everything you're doing in a circle if you had to move. Nobody's moving. So we moved our processors to the back. And they're doing all of our e-scripts, all of our rejected claims, uh, anything that's in the to-do list, they're working on that. Any script that comes through. At that point, it goes into our uh, print queue. And the people in the front, our technicians who are actually filling, they work out of that print queue all day based off priority. So we have waiters. Do we have deliveries? Do we have med planners? And so they're constantly watching that. Do we have sync patients? And they'll print that out. And everything, nothing is printed beforehand. So they they print it at the time that they're actually filling it. And then once they fill it, it come, goes into a basket based off priority and actually just slides right down to the pharmacist. And we only have one pharmacist at a time that's checking. Um, the other ones are doing other odds and ends throughout the store. 
And so that pharmacist will then check it, and then they'll immediately, all they got to do is just turn around, and they set it on a little island, and that's our customer service. And we utilize a hanging bag system, um, and also we utilize Pioneer's bin system as well. We use the bin system for orders and and things like that. Um, And then they bag it, and then we use the point-of-sale system in Pioneer, and it's sold. So nobody has to move hardly at all. And we're running with, I think we have two processors, one of which is normally doing med planners. Um, and we have three counters uh, and one pharmacist. And we're rocking anywhere from 650 to 800 a day on a 10-hour wow. shift. And nobody's mad at each other. We just, we leave, we're all happy. Everything's good. It's just a normal day. Yeah. Do you have uh, automation in place or is everything being filled? Okay. So uh, what what automation? We have one um, Paradamax and we have one Icon. And gotcha. then we do have for our med planners, we have a rapid pack uh, through RxSafe. Um, and so that that's it. Uh, that's all we use. The Paradamax is a workhorse, uh, but it has its limitations as well, just like anything. And so, yeah, very, I wouldn't say limited automation, but not where we don't have systems everywhere. And uh, our workflow's pretty, pretty legit. Nice. Does your team have a uh, uh, nickname for your automations? I'm always curious. They don't. Like we, when I bought it, I'm like, hey, whoever comes up with the coolest name gets 50 (laughs) bucks. They just did not care. I think they call it Max or... They, they, they're always mad at it because it's out of vowels or something silly, but they don't have a name for it randomly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I, I don't do that either. I call like, you know, I don't name my, I'm a car guy, but I don't name my cars. You know, it's the bus, it's the, it's the bike, it's the, you know, the bug, whatever. Uh, but it's always fun when you go to a pharmacy and, and you're like, hey, where's this prescription? Oh, it's it's Gertrude has it. Yeah, Lucille's got it back there. It? It's always a girl's name. It is. It is. It's always like a, like two generations, three generations back. Your grandmother's uh, friend's name. Yeah. So, um, so was that automation in place ahead of time or did you add that during the, during the revamp? Um. It was in place ahead of time, but it didn't work very well. Gotcha. Yeah. So we, we made sure that when we built in our workflow, um, and it, it gets it's, it gets a little bit more detailed, but each position has something to do. So every counter, not only are they counting, but throughout the day, they have a specific role. And one of those is to work on automation. So fill in the robot, any errors they have, put new labels. Um, so before that, we didn't really, we just kind of threw it in there. We're like, it's going to work. They told us it's going to be great. And we're just (laughs) running around. We have no idea what we're doing. And, uh, it was never full and, uh, it was more of a pain than, than, uh, than it is now. Nice. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that has to be monitored for it to be, uh, you know, to add efficiency. Um, so I can imagine as, as a young pharmacist coming into a team uh, in a small town, there's probably a lot of team members with some tenure there that have been there uh, for a little while, which is a great way to help a young pharmacist acclimate and, and learn the ropes. So the good thing is, you know, a, a tenured team with lots of experience. The bad thing is there's a tenured team with lots of experience that's not going to want to change <laughs> based on. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I tell people when I go and I talk to them about workflow and, and leadership and that kind of stuff that when you make the decision to change things, you're going to hurt some people's feelings and you have to be okay with that. And I can remember the night that we had in order to do the workflow, I, I wrote up this beautiful synopsis of why we're doing it and I had a team meeting and I cried like I was just talking about how passionate I am about store and them and the patients and and put everything into place and they all and I don't want to use the word I will use it they bought in to what I was talking about except for one and she walked out and um, I had to be okay with that right yeah. and you know and we're still good friends she comes to the store still it just that didn't fit with who she was at the moment. And that's fine. Um, 
But yeah, you, you got to be prepared that when you change things, it's people don't like change. I'm the weird one that does. And so I have to convince them that change is good. And my team has seen that we change stuff all the time. So now they know we're not changing anything unless Adam thinks it's going to be something awesome and make our day better. So they're kind of ex- eager about it. But those first few times you really start changing things, it is very, very difficult. Uh, I've actually got a technician. She's my store leader. She runs the store. I, I don't even run my own store. But uh, she, she's been a tech longer here than I have. She was here when I was hired. So uh, she, she's got my back and she trusts what I do and I really trust her. But yeah, the, the tenured people, they, it was working and they don't understand that you're growing. Uh, and that means change. And so uh, change is scary sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it sounds like you walked in, kind of broke apart uh, the, the that kind of linear workflow and, and segmented it. I like the idea of having uh, some of the, you know, the data entry back here. Um, so everything from data entry, they, they go through running cycles, priority fill requests, refill requests, anything that's called in, I guess. It's all ran back here. You mentioned the print queue, which I love because uh, if you're not familiar with the print queue, uh, that is in Pioneer RX. Uh, other softwares have print queues as well. I, I really like the Pioneer RX software because it will help you assemble that patient's complete order. So you know, hey, there's an inventory issue or they still have prescriptions and, and workflow. Um, so nothing's printed until you have that whole order ready, uh, which makes a lot of sense. So now they're shopping, dispensing, pharmacist is verifying. Uh, did you make any changes to the way you handled those different priorities? Let's see. I'm trying to think how we did that. And and let me go back real quick. The processors, one of the things that we found out when I was doing my analysis of workflow at all the stores is one of our biggest hurdles to efficiencies in the pharmacy is actually the patients. Um, And that's what we had here. It sounds counterintuitive, but our patients are coming to the window. They're asking you to come out front and help. The phone's ringing. They're leaning over the counter, watching what you're doing, talking to you about, you know, what you did this weekend. So there was a lot of, um, I had to come with the, I had to come up with the idea of how do I get my people that are doing the processing, which that's where your money's made, um, how do I get those away from patients? And that sounded weird to me because that's what we've always done is we want to go out and talk with the patients. And so that's what I did is I literally moved them to the back. Uh, they don't answer the phones. Um, they don't do anything, but they're just processing. Uh, and so once they're getting everything done and it's thrown in the print queue, the biggest thing on priority is we did it based off of time, date and time. Uh, so that way, with our sync patients, we know we have a little schedule of how when we're doing certain sync. Um, they're in there a little bit later in the returning. And we have waiters, we have delivery, we have med planners. Um, and then I was very adamant to teach my team that in their view, when they log in, they can change that view to however they want to look at it to prioritize it. So that was a big one, was really teaching them that they can customize their own view. It didn't have to be based off the way I do things. And so once they figured that piece out and they moved things around and times and dates, and if they wanted it to all be um, open or not open, uh, that really helped them to be more efficient because that's the way they like to do it. Yeah. And inevitably, anytime I you know go to a pharmacy, I learn something just by standing back and watching uh, just the different team members work because it's like, oh, I that's a different way than I've ever done it in the system. That's really smart. I like that. So, Yeah, and I, I found, too, that I learned more about the new updates, too. So sometimes I'll read about an update, but I don't really utilize it. But then if I go to another store and they're doing it, I'm like, I read about that, but I haven't done it yet, and I really like it. Uh, so I, I learned a lot that way, too. Nice, nice. So um, after round one of, of changes – uh, everyone kind of acclimates, I guess. You move into a new uh, a new facility. So where where do you go from there that kind of makes uh, – what was the next step that kind of 
led to you being referred to as the workflow whisperer. I know. I need to, <laughs> I want to kick Lisa the next time I see that. It's like the worst name ever, but it's stuck. So you know what I love is that some some people uh, attract nicknames. Myself, I've always just been Will. Right. Uh, and I'm surrounded by people with awesome nicknames growing up, you know, and uh, never got one. Yeah, I, that, that was my first like pharmacy <laughs> nickname. And I'm like, really whisper. That's what I get a workflow. Whisper. Um, you know, the, the first big hurdle that we had is to realize that workflow was a, um, a fluid uh, operation. Um, meaning that it constantly had to change. It had to adapt. And. So I kind of thought when we put it in place and I really worked hard on it. And after the first day of us doing it, everybody was happy. Our patients were happy. Uh, problems were going down. I mean, we did a study. One of my pharmacists secretly did a study on workflow errors. And our errors um, for prescription filling dropped in half over oh, wow. a one-year time period. Um, I think... And and we're talking anything from like you put tablet versus capsule, that kind of stuff. Anything that was wrong before it got to the patient, uh, he marked it. He was tracking it. Nobody knew he was tracking it. He was doing the secret study. Um, and then we did it a year later, and it went from 9% of prescriptions had an error to uh, 4%. And then over in the next year, it dropped down to 2%. Uh, wow. So errors dramatically decreased in a new workflow. Um, yeah, but the first piece was... You know, you, you put all this time and effort into something and you change it and then maybe you do finally run into something that really isn't working and you hate to say, well, I have to change this beautiful thing I just created. Um, but then I realized like, no, it's a it's a fluid system. We have to constantly adapt. Uh, new things are coming out. There's new technology. There's you know, we're getting more patience. And once you reach certain uh, peaks here, you can do certain things here and. Uh, so that was the first big hurdle that we had to jump over. Um, I think inventory was a big one, really utilizing uh, our sync program and utilizing Pioneer and a lot of the data that I've looked into to decrease our inventory, to have a better hold on our inventory. It's still not perfect. Um, it never will be perfect, but we had to be okay with that. We had to be okay with the fact that we're doing so much better than we were before. We feel better. Our pharmacy's running smooth. Uh, and we can consistently build on it by changing and tweaking little things here and there. Yeah. So kind of walk me through um, workflow today. What's that look like? And um, I, I heard you you talk about a couple things that um, I hadn't seen before in, in pharmacy. So kind of excited to hear about just kind of the evolution of where you're at today. Yeah. So, um, man, with workflow, I was allowed to um, work on the business and not in the business. And as an owner, that's a, as a pharmacy owner, that's a weird area for us because we've always wanted to be pharmacists and we want to mm -hmm. own our own business so we can do all these things for patients. But working on the business is not something we're really great at. Um, and so there's lots of programs out there to help with that. And we were part of a lot of them and met so many people that really helped us become great leaders in what we're doing. But um, I have time now to work on the business. So our workflow is very similar to where it started. Um, we've, and we've had quite a bit of turnover with COVID and everything else. So we've had to teach a lot of people. Um, so we're still doing processing in the back. Everything's still queue based um, we have the, the med planner system now uh, that we're consistently building on there. So that's a new piece that we've added. Um, and then our volume has dramatically increased. Like I said, we hit 13,000 scripts last month, month before, which is the most we've ever done. And that's all with three techs counting, basically one tech filling and one pharmacist checking consistently. Oh, wow. Um, so everybody, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're doing that. How do you do that? And I'm like, we just, we just do that. Um, so I've worked over the last couple of years, I've really put a lot of time and effort on working on the business. Um, so we've, we've actually started a, a fellowship with the university of Kentucky to, um, uh, teach, uh, graduates how to operate a pharmacy. So they don't have fellowships or residencies to teach you how to run a store. So I thought, well, let's start one. Nice. So we did that. 
we bit the bullet and we put in a functional medicine clinic here inside our pharmacy. So that's uh, been a touch and go. Uh, it's it's very successful, but we're still in, still in the early stages of figuring this out. It's a very new idea to pharmacy world. Um, I got pharmacists that are, you know, they're really head over heels on sync and MTM. Uh, we're really going to start diving into um, some of this medical billing that we can do now. So the big thing with workflow and utilizing, you know, I, I love the, the description of utilizing Pioneer as the Porsche, not the Pinto, right? Yeah. Actually utilizing it for what, it's, <laughs> what we use it for um, uh, allows us time to connect with our patients, which is why we got in this business in the first place. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm not saying that it's always, um, rainbows and lollipops. It's, it's not, they're crazy, hectic days. Um, uh, but it allows us to adapt. It allows us to, especially our sync program is huge. I think we're over 70% now. Um, and it allows us, oh, we got three people out with the flu. Okay. Well, we just work at our capacity that the day and it's not a big deal. We, we pick up the next day. Yeah. Um, so it's it's less hectic. It's less hectic, if I could say it that way. Yeah, and that's such an important key is it, like to focus on what you can control. Uh, so many pharmacists right now or, you know, there's any pharmacy forum, Facebook group, you name it, is, you know, full of complaints about PBMs and low reimbursements and, um, you know, typical uh, pressures of, you know, independent pharmacy right now. With so much you can't control, uh, it's really important that you capitalize on what you can control and, and and prepare yourself to take advantage of those opportunities when they do arise. That's so, exactly what we did. I can control my expenses. I can control my workflow. Um, I can control my employees most of the time. Um, <laughs> that's really it. That's, you know, I, I don't have a lot of control over everything else. So I'm either pushing the envelope and doing something shady, which doesn't really make me feel good as a pharmacist to make some more money or um, going out and doing marketing, which is not what I went to school to do. And so I, I really um, uh, embodied the whole, what can we control at our store and let's yeah. change it to make it the absolute best. And we're consistently tweaking that because it changes just like the world. Everything changes all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to be in the pharmacy, like you said, being having your time consumed with those, you know, little patient touch points like phone calls and, you know, s some of those things that can be distracting, whereas you can have an, have that efficient workflow and then devote that same time to a really meaningful touch point with the patient uh, makes a big difference. Yeah, we run our sync program. It's I think we have a wonderful sync program the way we do it, but our pharmacists actually call the patient, which is usually not what you see when you get to a really high volume sync. It's a technician or somebody they've hired to be the health coach. Uh, our pharmacists still want to do that and they do it all the time, either through text yeah. or they do it through a phone call because they have time to do that in our workflow. And the patients really enjoy that. Not that they wouldn't enjoy talking to our technician, but they, they feel a little bit more comfortable asking them some more advanced questions and, um, and so that's meant a lot for our sync program to make it work yeah. really, really well. I feel like that's probably going to make it a, quite a bit more sticky with the patient and then hopefully give you the end to, like I said, have, have a little bit more in-depth conversations, maybe introduce some of those functional wellness options that you have at the pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've used that platform um, just like they taught us years ago when we were learning about it to up solution. Uh, for those patients, offer them a solution. You know, it's flu season right now. So every patient we talk to, we should be asking, do you need a flu shot? Right. Yeah. Um, and so using that touch point that we have, and we've also used that idea to let the physicians know as well, the prescribers, Hey, I have way more touch points than you do. And we utilize those. So what do you all need from us? Yeah. Um, so taking what you have, making it the best, tweaking it, and then, you know, how do you, um, how do you maximize that? Yeah. Um, so in a small town, when you decide that I'm going to introduce functional medicine, 
How was that met by the patients? Because even two years ago, if you were to Google functional medicine, half of the results results had like burning sage and crystals and, you know, things like this. Like you said, over the last couple of years, it's just kind of been this word that's been popping up in the pharmacy world. And um, I'm a risk taker. My business partner hates it, but sometimes I push the envelope (laughs) a little bit. He's my best friend too, so I can say that. He uh, he gets aggravated at me. But um, I, I had, there was a lot of different pieces to it, but in our hometown, we have fantastic prescribers, fantastic physicians, um, but they're overwhelmed. And we see it and we know it. And we hear it in their voice. Um, and there was just something missing because I was getting a lot of patients coming in and the biggest thing they talked about is time. I just don't have time with my doctor. Did you talk to him about this? Nope. They just saw me. And and that's not the physician's fault. You know, that's just the nature of how it is. Yeah. And so as I was out and about talking to a lot of other people, trying to figure out what this functional medicine thing was, I had a really good nurse practitioner friend of ours. Um, and I call her, she, she's a little hippie, right? And so she's into natural wellness and uh, really, it, she loves diving into cases and trying to figure out that stuff. So that that I was very blessed with that I had somebody locally that wanted to do that. So me and her sit down, we started chit-chatting. And I said, I want a place where my patients can come in and they can see somebody without time restraints. But we got to figure out how to monetize that. So that's the big piece we're still working on, right? Uh, we... We want patients now, specifically after COVID, so many people are, they don't really trust healthcare, right? We're seeing that all over the place. Um, And they don't want to be on prescription medicines. I don't even want to be on prescription medicines. And so is there a supplement we can do? Is there a natural way we can do it? So me and her sit down and we met some great friends. Uh, Jessica Mills down in Owensboro is a functional medicine guru. Um, She's just, she's on top of it. She really helped us figure out, like, how do we do some training? How do we get more prepared for this? Um, I have a little closet that we use in the back that we gave vaccines out of. And I kind of sit down with her. I said, this is what we can afford. Um, I want to do it cash. I don't want patients to have to ever worry about getting an EOB, telling them something's not covered. Uh, or they can't do this, whatever, because they don't think it, the insurance doesn't think it's right. And so she bit she bit on what I was uh, proposing to her. I don't know if she <laughs> she still likes me, but I sold it really good. I sold it so well. But uh, she did, and and so then we started marketing it. Um, we got her into classes. Um, she already had a whole background uh, on natural medicine, so we started doing more functional medicine type stuff. And we started putting it out on Facebook. We didn't spend any money on marketing. It's all social media. And uh, just, hey, we're selling time. You come in here. You're, the patient that we want is you go to the physician, your labs are drawn, and you don't feel good, and they can't figure out what's wrong. Your labs look fine. Uh, all your vitals are fine. Everything's fine, but you just don't feel good. And we had such a huge response from day one. Um, and I think we've been open a little over three and a half, four months and we're consistently getting new patients every day um, that are willing to pay to come in to feel better. And that's what we're finding is she has time to devote to these patients um, and really dive down into what they're doing. Uh, what's going on? We found Lyme cases, Rocky Mountain Spider Fever, uh, all kinds of different things that um, these patients knew something was wrong, but they couldn't figure out what it was. And she helped them figure it out. So pretty cool. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. So are you guys focusing on like chronic care management, like, you know, hypertension and cholesterol, things like more traditional things as well? Lifestyle coaching? My uh, marketing uh, sentence is anything that any way that you want us to treat you, we'll do it that way. (laughs) You you want Western medicine? We'll do it. You want Eastern medicine? You want a sage and crystals? We'll figure that out. You want us to pray over you? We'll do that. Um, but whatever the patient feels comfortable with, and it doesn't even have to be medicinal. It could be, um, you know, I'm, I'm having financial issues. Okay. Well, let me help you figure out a budget, right? That's, that helps with depression and anxiety. 
So there's nothing off the table. And I think that really embodies what functional medicine is, is nothing's off the table. We, we can do things uh, really easy. There's lots of different ways to do it. Non-traditional, traditional. Um, and that's what you're going to get when you come in here. Uh, we utilized our software system and our sync patients to market to them, sending out text blasts. Um, here's patients using the scores that you guys have in there, like that we think would be really good. So we had a, quite a few that we really targeted at the beginning to send them information that we're going to do this. Uh, and, th- and that worked. It worked really well. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like most people don't want to take medications. Most people don't want to feel bad. Um, you know, nobody, nobody wants to feel sick, right? Um, but so many of those ailments – you know, can be uh, at least lessened with lifestyle coaching and, you know, maybe even just like I said, having having somebody to uh, talk to about those problems could relieve the stress that's causing the eating that's causing the, you know, uh, so so it is kind of a, a very holistic approach that finds its roots in a, in a very, very practical application of uh, efficient workflow. So it's, it's kind of a yin and a, and a yang you've got going on out there that, you know, you, maybe you wouldn't think work together so well. Yeah. And, and probably the biggest hurdle that we had with the whole thing was pricing. You know, we are very rural. So there's kind of the stigma that, you know, it's hard to get somebody to spend a lot of money on something. Um, and I really had to fall back on some things that I was taught years ago that I can't put a price on somebody's uh, health. That's up to them. And so if I put the option out there and they want it, it's there. If they don't, that's on them. And so uh, we really embodied that approach. We didn't price gouge. We didn't do anything. We have memberships. We have acute care now. We have telehealth, you know, all these little things that we can do. Um, we've had patients come in and ask for a certain thing, and we're like, well, we don't do it, but we'll do it. You know, how many times <laughs> can they do that, right? Like, can they go sure. into a place and say, I, I really would like to do this. And they say, okay, well, let's figure that out. Most of the time they're like, no, we don't do that because it's an insurance model. Um, so now it's got my wheels spinning because now I'm like, I'm ready to jump on the blueberry pharmacy bandwagon and, and do the cash uh, model with the pharmacy world. But, um, you know, that's another piece. I, I Because of workflow and everything else, we can start working on that and try to figure that out. Yeah. What's, what's interesting is I don't think that it's, uh, in healthcare, especially a race to the bottom with, uh, you know, you need to be the lowest cost per pill. Um, people will pay more. And in fact, you know, there's, there, there's something to be said for having buy-in somewhere that's going to make you take that membership, that subscription mentality, that, um, you know, skin in the game that's going to increase the patient interaction a little bit more than if it was free. Yeah, that's why we did the membership model is because our nurse practitioner, she wanted the patient to come back and she knew that they don't usually. Um, So if there's a membership, they pay a small fee and they can come anytime they want, they're more apt to do that. Um, And she can reach out like, hey, I need you to come in Tuesday. Okay, well, if they know there's no cost to that because they paid a membership, um, then they'll do that. Yeah. I mean, I think people are seeing that um, more and more. I mean, you're seeing that with primary care physicians offering that kind of concierge service. Um, But I mean, you know, we're, we're all kind of used to paying a monthly premium for insurance that has gotten to the point that the system's not really satisfactory for most people, I wouldn't say. I mean, you remember 10, 15 years ago, we had insurance. It paid for everything. I mean, I had kids and never paid a dime. Um, and your medicine was cheap and this and that. And now we're seeing patients, I mean, ungodly deductibles and high co-pays. And there's definitely a better way to do that. One of my biggest pet peeves is is the pharmacies out there that, you know, started in the 70s and 80s and they put some kind of value in their name, you know, Ours is Save Right. We inherited that name and everything was about saving money. And that's how the system was back then. And now I, I, I like the transition where I'm seeing pharmacies that are starting up where they're putting, you know, healthcare in their name or something that adds a value to what they're doing. Cause it's not about the bottom dollar anymore. It can't be, we can't keep cutting ourselves uh, like we have historically and accepting things. So we have to change the model. 
Um, and I think, you know, I'm over the last couple of years, we're seeing a lot more cash-based pharmacies, a lot more concierge services, pharmacists going out and finding different ways to do things besides retail. Um, yeah. So it, things are changing and it's good. It's good. It's disrupting the model and disruption is good. Yeah. I had a guest on recently and we, we got so far into conversations. I didn't even get to this topic, but on their, on their, on their website, they had a, um, uh, cash, uh, you know, loyalty plan, uh, cash pricing list, you know, and it was the $4 list from, you know, any, any big chain, but it was a, you know, six and $8 list, right? They're, openly publishing this list without doing a race to the bottom, you know, because it's a, it's a couple dollars. It's, you know, probably not going to make or, or break the uh, relationship with the patient, but it's not really about being the, you know, race, uh, the, the lowest, lowest price per pill uh, dispensary. Right. And, and I think across the country um, and, and not even necessarily in rural America, People will pay for service. And I know I do. I would love to pay a little bit more for way better service than I would if I had to pay for something else. So if I knew that I could get the same medicine for a couple dollars more through a cash program and that allows my pharmacist to to really sit down with me and talk about stuff and not worry about um, whatever DIR fee they're going to take out next year, um, I mean, that would be what I would love to do. Yeah. I think it's going to get there. It's, it's starting. We're seeing the trend. Well, and I, I feel like people have such a, a different point of view towards that kind of self care uh, now than 10 years ago. I mean, my, my favorite example is the, my Sonicare toothbrush. You know, I can, I could, I could get a 99 cent toothbrush, right? Um, but I'm willing to pay a whole lot more for one that, you know, I feel like is doing a better job. Right. Absolutely. You can't put a price on somebody's health care. Um, and so traditionally we have, because of the model, just keep lower and lower and lower in the price and accepting that. Um, and then that doesn't allow us to offer the best services. And so uh, now it does. Uh, we can we can change that model. We can tweak that model. Um, and, and really anything is, is fair game out there now. You just have to want to do it. You just have to want to do it. Yeah. Well, we're about out of time. I'm going to have to have you back at some point. Cause I, I've still got other, other fun stuff wanted to talk about, but you couldn't get to all the questions. That's what you were saying. Oh, always, always. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you get back to it and, uh, Get get back to uh, working on that back bench, hidden hidden away from everybody. Hopefully, right, right, yeah, <laughs> getting the good stuff done. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and I'll see you here soon. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts, presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform. 